Uh, greetings once again. Um, this is Vernon English uh, before, and I am very, very excited to express uh, the second book to you, uh, more so than the first, just because I get to go more in depth of what I was thinking about with the characters. And um, I want to update every day, but I will adhere to just the listeners that I have for now, which will soon be a lot of listeners that um, I, I constantly want to, you know what I'm saying, um, make a, an addition to what it is that I'm adding for this anthology of never-ending stories. Now, when I say never-ending stories, it literally is that term. And so um, the, uh, I wrote this as a play on words as this next installment for people and um, literally delving into what it is in the human emotions that go along with uh, forgotten memories. Uh, if someone has excuse me, Alzheimer's, they have bits and pieces in their mind that they remember. They remember faces, they remember sounds, they remember certain things, but in some instances, they don't remember how to do basic uh, functionality uh, or basic things that uh, we learned in our youth such as uh, tying a shoe or um, you know how certain things go in a sequence uh, perhaps even a code or a computer and um, that alludes to uh, what do you call this uh, amnesia and amnesia is a different type of form uh, cognitively in the brain and it affects uh, sort of the same uh, area but me studying this a little bit um, just gave me a frame of reference and how impactful it is to someone to remember any piece of themselves, or excuse me, a piece of their memory, which is a representation of themselves, and um, how we hinder so much or, or place so much importance on the things that we remember. We lay our eyes down uh, at night or wherever we do, and we have this sense of peace that in the morning we will wake up in the same environment or uh, where those things have been left. And uh, in the book and in nature, we very well know that um, everything is always subject to change. Everything is always adapting. Everything is always constantly moving. And um, the forest or the uh, the jungle or the wild always um, silently uh, agrees to this the sky is always changing literally so why not uh, the landscape in itself and um, that as a youth and me writing this um, in the younger version of myself came to this realization of how life changes and all these things that I previously knew um, from my readings from my research amounted to absolutely nothing when it came to something that was presented to me that day. I'll give you a prime example of even having a conversation with a woman or whatever the case may be. One could be infinitely prepared for something of all the topics, all the things that they could go do and rehearse it. But the spontaneity of things always adds that extra added flair to the unexpected. And so you can never always, always have every cover, every corner covered, but you can very well try. And it's always good to uh, 
uh, preparing for such instances. But um, not to go off on tangents, it's just to say that if one was prepared in life and, and for the unexpected and all these other different things, how would they react? And um, in this particular story, this elder um, sits around and he's just in, not in awe, but going through the mental clarity and the motion of figuring out what it is that makes him him. If it is not his happiness, then he's not moving forward in any way, shape, or form, not even moving one step or not even moving his eyelid uh, towards that direction if it is not for his own personal well-being and happiness. And upon waking, he decided this while everyone else is just rolling around and, and figuring things out that he's the lucky one to actually have a village that doesn't have this overall sense of panic and um, duress because he's basically figuring out like, oh, okay, well, this is how they're operating and they're calm and they're figuring it out and that person doesn't know how to speak, but they're talking like it's it's coming to a, a, a sense of stability where he's just figuring it out and, and I... There's always a magical element that's going on in each of these stories, but um, with this one, he awakens his own elders, and um, his elders are floating about uh, watching him, and he doesn't even know this, being an elder himself, but um, I give this uh, story, and he goes on and speaks with this woman um, who follows him or tells him where he can rest his head, and um, then can come back out to the rest of the congregation and where they are and their, their arguments and, and figuring out uh, what's going on in the world in this forest. And uh, yeah, at the end, uh, literally one of his ancestors, a spirit form, um, awakens. And not awakens him, but just gives him some, some words of solace. And um, I, I thought that was a really dope representation of uh, how we as people always are mindful of what is before us and always caught up in this egotistical um, me, 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 me and um, well I'll help you for me type of mentality but uh, when you think of the interconnectedness of everything it comes into full circle that uh, you're never really alone but uh, even with the disconnect you're still connected that's all I wanted to uh, say for now, and I will give an afterthought for this. And I thank you so much for listening, and uh, bless you all. Angry Aced. A man first sat working with the others, deciphering speech sounds, clicks. <laughs> when none was needed, playing mahjong to go another round from chess. Could put on airs, only proof, an exciting time period. His slim face gave rise to high cheekbones, tan skin to natural brown. So much beauty, society was easy, peaceful. Pacifists to fighting needlessly over that to which they thought creation was everyone's birthright. Forcing another's reality onto someone was criminal. So it was deciphered and decreed in the first ten decacycles. He was tired, to the outer rims. Groups of Manfords rested, rested to complete their efforts, admirable for living with no recollected tendencies. A turquoise, self-designed mistress showed him the way to sleepful resolution amongst the caves. Cool rooms, 
He laid his head upon something softer than our world, soft as wolves, rotten to dream's door, horrible and nameless man for it, uh, heard his head say. Who? What is it? He answered. Your ancestor. So this is an interesting thing about Angry Angst. Um, first and foremost, the title of the uh, poem and story uh, is a play on words um, because Angry Angst uh, is a play on of uh, ancestors, but I, I spelled it A-N-C-S, so angst, um, just the way of a movie did Z. And um, I, I wrote this as a... Um, Play on words for people to... This is a digital age, so everyone already has a hyphen or an abbreviation for everything. But the way that I wrote this story was that um, this character's ancestors were there to guide him, but they were angry that he wasn't there um, to see them initially as he goes to sleep in this cave. And while all these other different beings are asking questions and figuring things out, and uh, it's... uh, two-part series but actually I continue it on and uh, he's just figuring it out but in his own way and it's an interesting thing to have a conversation and if you believe in disembodied or even spirit to have that conversation with um, a being floating about and um, it's many other instances that I reference certain um, conversations like this but I wanted to give a different picture when it came to how one goes about uh, collecting their thoughts and their persona and their being when there is no one to give a reference. There are no CDs, there are no videos or hieroglyphs uh, recounting of anything. How would even one know to, to operate when there is no reference? And as an adult, when everything is wiped as a clean slate, how would you even begin? Um, and there is no sense of despair when it comes to this uh, insurmountable task. He does it effortlessly, and, and he's literally tired and resting his head. And he's like, yo, I'm going to go over here. And this beautiful woman uh, shows him to a place where he can rest. It's almost as if the cave was uh, a resting room or a building, um, almost Pueblo-like, um, if you've seen those in the Southwest um, Americas. But... Um, he awakens as he lays his head. He's like, wait a minute, why am I hearing voices? Like, where are these voices coming from? And it's literally his, his, an angry ancestor. And uh, the next part of the series is the ancestor telling him, like, there's so much to be done. There's so much things to um, be rendered and, and fixed. Um, it's almost as if the car was just left for, for ages and a half and a day during this time of forgetfulness. And now it is time to get out the, the tools, get out everything, and recalibrate and to build, even at his old age. And uh, I love that story because, for me, I am in what I didn't even consider not even uh, the early part or stages of my life. And it, it's me writing this in the past and me reading it now adds that extra flavor of I want to read this again later (laughs) and that's how I know it's good so um, I'll comment on the next part of the series um, or the next installment when uh, I see it 
come up on uh, the next thing. So I appreciate it so much. Thank you guys for listening and uh, bless you so much.